It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Wildcard weekend is underway. And as we watch playoff teams, let's look at lessons the Bengals could take and incorporate in their roster building as we look at a very interesting 2024 offseason. You are locked on Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals covering your team every day on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. If you're new to the show and you're a Bengals fan and you want to stay informed this offseason hit the subscribe button because we will keep you up to date on this show every time there's breaking news to discuss or analysis to be done. We're here for you. Like I said, on YouTube, anywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about what we can take away from the Houston roster building approach in addition to some leftover topics that are very interesting from the mailbag as far as how the Bengals can improve their offensive line and talking about where we should be focusing our attention on the Bengals offseason. And today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase of tickets and James Houston blew out the Cleveland Browns. Joe Flacco turned into a pumpkin. It was just a matter of time, but whenever a team wins in the playoffs, it's always interesting to think about how they win. And we've done this in different ways the last few years, talking about the teams that make deep playoff runs and looking at their rosters, looking at their approach and saying, okay, what can you learn from that? And Houston, one of the more interesting games we've had so far as we record this on Sunday afternoon is where we're going to start. The Texans, one, are in the playoffs in large part due to C.J. Stroud. Two, are in the playoffs in large part due to 
their pieces that they added in, in the past couple of off seasons. And I think back to March last year and certainly going into free agency when free agency had started and Hayden Hurst had left. How many times did we talk about Dalton Schultz being out there and Dalton Schultz being an option? Well, he goes to Houston and he made plays for them all year. How many times did we say, oh, well, Devin Singletary could be that because they didn't have Chase Brown at the time either. And, and there was this big Joe Mixon debate going on like, oh, well, you could get Devin Singletary and kind of stabilize that backfield with some IJP Ryan in Denver once we found out that he wouldn't return to Cincinnati. And, and so those are two guys, certainly, that I look at and I'm like, man, can the Bengals and Sheldon Rankins is in there. I'm sure you have the, the list in front of you. It, it, it's, it's one of those things that I think the Bengals have to incorporate this year in free agency because last year it didn't feel like they had many holes, tight end and running back and in interior defensive line. Those were three. And so Rankins, Singletary, Schultz, all would have made sense for the Bengals. And I think they would have been playing this weekend had that, had they made those moves, even with Burroughs injury, even with readers injury, I think they would have been at least a game better, maybe a couple of games better because those guys could have been difference makers compared to what the Bengals had, especially early on in the season at some of those spots, but they have to be willing to go get those guys. And whether that's push the cap closer uh, to that edge that they haven't done in the past because they have this window with Joe Burrow or whether it's just be open to guys that might not completely fit what they're looking for at the position for whatever reason. I don't know why they weren't in on Dalton Schultz. Maybe it was that price tag that he was looking for, but the Texans got more than enough value out of him on that contract and he's going to get paid this offseason. Devin Singletary would have been at what? Two million bucks would have been a great compliment to Joe Mixon if it went that route, but it would have also given you the flexibility to lean on Singletary early on in the season and not have Joe Mixon touch the ball a ton and play 80% of the snaps like he was early on when you didn't trust Chase Brown, et cetera. So it's, uh, it's wild to think, but the reason the Texans are in the playoffs, I think the biggest one outside of Stroud and Will Anderson and these young guys improving and playing well, Tank Dell, Nico Collins, it's the free agency moves and the savviness that they uh, showed in ability to upgrade their roster with guys that were just kind of out there in free agency and uh, under the radar moves. Obviously, when you talk about playoff teams and you look at the moves they made to get to where they are, you're looking at a lot of moves that hit. For the Texans, it's a long list, right? You have the Laramie Tunzel trade years ago. And, and finally, now that they have a quarterback, they have a, I guess they had a quarterback at the time. And now they have a quarterback again. And Laramie Tunzel is a franchise left tackle. Big piece of the puzzle there, right? They've developed their own guys, Malik Collins being one of those, Derek Stingley coming into his own. They drafted Will Anderson. They were aggressive in the draft and, and went and got Will Anderson in addition to C.J. Stroud early. They made the splash for Sheldon Rankins to add some interior pass rush, some interior depth. And, and when you look at the moves they made, trading for Shaq Mason, for example, as well, claiming on waivers uh, Desmond King. And, by, you know, he, he, he was good for them down the stretch. He, he had been with them was good for them down the stretch, signing Steven Nelson. And, and that's been a guy that they signed last year who has been good for them. And, and again, finding those opportunities in the draft, talk about Tank Dell, Nico Collins, some receivers that they've been able to develop. And it, it's, it's an entire picture. For me, it's not about the specific guys so much, even though you can certainly draw parallels for saying, man, the Bengals sure could have used Sheldon Rankins, Dalton Schultz, 
and Devin Singletary this year as you did. Like you can easily say that, right? And that's a fair and thing. And we said it last and we said it last March too, just to be we clear. Did. Like, we, these we are all names about, we discussed. We yeah. talked about all those guys. And we talk about a lot of free agents, but we definitely talked sure. about those guys when we were talking about like these are targets that could make sense that won't be crazy expensive. Dalton Schultz, six and a half million dollars. Uh, certainly less than he was expected to get. We're expecting to see that deal more like $10 million for Dalton Schultz. And he ends up taking less than a one-year deal to go to Houston, which at the time we're like, man, why is he going to Houston? What are you thinking, Dalton Schultz? It turns out not a bad decision. And and they hit on their quarterback uh, in the draft a little bit later. So good for him, right? Ends up working out. Mm-hmm. Devin Singletary ends up signing a one-year, just over $3 million is what it turned out to be, $3.13 million. But again... Joe Mixon's effectiveness this year when they started using him in a two-back approach skyrocketed. And the running game was much better when they had a change of pace back and they could go to either of those guys. So to me, it's a story of overall roster construction. Obviously, they had two premium picks. They had a rookie quarterback. They, they have a rookie quarterback contract, which is a huge luxury in roster building. They have Will Anderson, a premier talent at a premier position, and they had a ton of draft capital last year. That's part of it. And part of it is the veterans that they've kept around. And part of it is the veterans that they added in the offseason, signing nine compensatory free agents who have been role players to varying degrees and making trades, making waiver claims, remaining aggressive, making sure they have depth, not being content to go into the season with what they have because they're comfortable with it. I think that the Texans have caught lightning in a bottle here a little bit. And we'll talk about other teams this offseason, too, that are going to be winning in the playoffs. One thing that you'll see that a lot of these teams that are winning in the playoffs have in common is that, like the Bengals kind of before the 2023 offseason going into last year, they they found those key guys to bring in in free agency. They found the key additions, the key trades, the the creative roster-building resources they had to find and, and maximize their roster in ways that helped them be successful. And that's something that, after last season, after last offseason and going into last offseason, it's something that we thought the Bengals were pretty good at. And then last offseason, it was Orlando Brown and some guys. And, yeah. and it'll need to be more than just the one or two moves. They need to make sure that they're staying aggressive, filling out depth. They can't just be losing you know, a handful of starters and adding Orlando Brown. For sure. I, I think that's that's why the this Texans example is a good one because they had so many holes last year in the offseason and they said all right we're going to get a bunch of guys and the Bengals i still think their roster is really really talented they obviously have holes and you're not going to be able to just go get you're right a guy or two and you have to be willing like that tight end this year might be Hunter Henry who's on the wrong side of 30 but guess what can he help you win in 2024 does it take pressure off of you to not have to draft a tight end early on day one or day two if you can't get Brock Bowers at 18, for example, because that seemed kind of unlikely and that's who a lot of people want. You're talking tight end, which I get. Like, yeah, take some pressure off there. And I think that's the the dynamic is add pieces that you could also draft uh, at, at that position as well. Or if you don't end up getting that that position addressed, it's okay because you have them. And they did that to a degree last year. Obviously, they didn't all work out, but these obvious ones, I think, need to be addressed. Uh, we we do have some questions from the mailbag that uh, we want to get to, including the offensive line. So uh, we will switch gears and, and do that coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is 
exactly what you need for, well, your next big event. You shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to that event, whether it's a concert, whether it's an NFL playoff game, whether it's an NBA matchup where you just really want to go see your favorite player. Game time can help you get last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, and you can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And they're all in prices. Show your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. You can buy tickets, bing, bang, boom, in two taps. I just did bing, bang, boom. That's three taps. No, no, two taps with game time. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on, L O C K E D O N, for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Today's episode also sponsored by Jace Medical. We come to sports to escape. We know that. We'll get right back into that escape shortly when we talk about the Bengals offseason decisions around the offensive line and other positions. But sometimes we need to talk about real life for a second. And pharmacies around the U.S., according to the FDA, running out of antibiotics. And it's the winter. It's a good time for diseases to spread. And so if you want to be prepared, just in case your pharmacy is short on the antibiotic you need this offseason, you want to avoid a long drive to another city, perhaps, or just not being able to access the drug you need, you'll be okay if you check out Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treats a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. And any of those things could happen to any one of us. You can check it out at jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter, It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and then your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important than it is today to be prepared. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN. You'll get $20 off your order. James, let's talk about this offseason a bit more, and that's going to be the name of the game here for a while on this podcast. That's a part of the the offseason we're in, and it'll be interesting over the next few weeks, I think, to take a look at the remaining playoff teams, and there will be one or two to focus on every week that keeps winning all the way to the Super Bowl, and I think that's a good exercise. Uh, but there are also some other questions that, and other topics that don't necessarily have to do with the team still playing, and we had some questions in the mailbag. Mentioned last week when we were recording the mailbag, tons of great questions, and a couple on the offensive line that kind of fit together. Luke G, Luke G Kelso on Twitter asks or, or says, I know they're going to keep Pollock, but do you see them changing anything on the offensive line scheme? Maybe bringing in a veteran. Thanks. Love the show. Luke, appreciate the love. Also, XU Big East asking along the same lines of the starting offensive linemen who met or exceeded expectations and who fell short this offseason. You answered one of those questions. It kind of gives you the answer to the other one as far as what we think maybe they should do, James. Yeah, I think... Oh, offensive line wise, there's, there's, it's a pretty interesting conversation because I think the Bengals love to draft a year ahead and we've seen that at different positions. And so center Ted Karras is entering the last year of his deal. Uh, Alex Kappa, two years left Cordell Volson going into year three, obviously Orlando Brown jr. Has plenty of time. We know what right tackle is or isn't. That's the biggest hole arguably on the offense, assuming Jonah Williams isn't back. So the, the obvious What's going to be different? I think you're going to likely have a new right tackle, and Jonah's going to get big money elsewhere. But I, I do wonder if they're looking at 2025 even, and maybe 
and, and we we haven't done a ton of draft stuff. Check out our our last podcast with Mike Renner if you want like our first draft look. But a center guard combo, someone that can do both in this draft, that would be kind of nice if you could find someone that who knows could play guard for you. Because who are you who are you confident in on this offensive line, like backup wise? I I, I don't feel great no. about it. I think they like no, Max Sharping. But yeah, I I think I think that's fair in. As beat up as the Bengals were this off this season, the offensive line wasn't. A few guys played through injuries, of course, which happens. But man, they their offensive line stays healthy and at times played pretty well. But you're not going to have that next year, and so I, I think they'll want to address. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about Volson and, and could they upgrade all of those things. I think they want to address that just to have some depth in case in case Kappa or Karis or Volson get nicked up in case one of these tackles gets nicked up. And obviously you still need a starting right tackle. So that's, uh, I think they're open to addressing any of the spots. I'm not sure there are many starting jobs up for grabs, It's probably right tackle. And that's it realistically. But I do think that, uh, th- that they, they'll be looking, especially in the draft at every position and certainly be down, whether it's a center guard, hopefully, a guy that has some flex in that interior spot. And some athleticism. You talk about the things that are disappointing about this offensive line, and it's not maybe disappointing the word. Maybe that's the wrong word because they kind of, you know what these guys are. But maybe it's just a, a thing that is disappointing in terms of the way the roster's been put together. They've got some solid players on the offensive line, but they have athletic limitations at every single position. And after Jonah Williams departs, and he's maybe an above-average athlete, your best athlete on the offensive line becomes Ted Karras, who's probably an average athlete. Not to take anything away from Ted. He's a very stable, solid center. I like Ted Karras a lot. And I'm not looking to upgrade on Ted Karras strictly. But I do wonder if this is a year that you got two years of Cordell Volson. I know they like his work ethic. I know they like the way he plays the game. I know the way they like the way he approaches practice and his work, you know, the, his drive to improve and all this stuff. But he still has an up and down year. He's still inconsistent. He's a little bit better, but is this the year that they look to challenge him? Sounds like you don't think so. I, I will keep that question open probably a little bit longer, but first and foremost, obviously they need to address the right tackle position. And so when you talk about what are they going to change when Frank Pollock is more than likely going to say, we'll see if there's a new deal that gets announced or not, or if anything is announced, around any coaching changes in Cincinnati as Brian Callahan's going through some of his interviews. And as far as we know, that's the only coach interviewing elsewhere so far. I think that draft looks good at tackle, right? You go back to our draft episode with Mike first round to tackle looks good. Can they add a guy later? Do they have, have they done enough in free agency where they can, if there's a guy they really like that has that interior flex, that's an athlete. Can they take a second round interior offensive lineman? Do they give themselves the flexibility to do that after their approach to free agency? I think that's a question. But to me, as far as guys who met or exceeded expectations this year, I say I'd say Ted Ted met expectations on the offensive line. He's who he's been. Orlando Brown got there when he was healthy. He was dealing with that groin injury for a lot of the season. Mm-hmm. And Alex Kappa pretty close but had some games that really stood out as like, what the heck is going on with Alex Kappa? Is he okay? Mm-hmm. You know, 
Jonah was maybe a little bit, actually was probably a little bit below where I expected him to be. I know the the right tackle transition. Um, and Cordo Volson is, is what I expected him to be, but I didn't have high expectations there. So that, I, I think to that one. I think Cordell finished strong. And I think that Jonah started really strong and was their best lineman early. And then by the end, he he wasn't necessarily their best lineman. Like if we gave a lineman of the year award, it wasn't that. I think Ted certainly finished the year really strong. Um, you're right. They are they're this power pass blocking line. Like they're not running that wide zone with these dudes. And, no. and so could they get more athletic? I, I certainly think – I think obviously they can. <laughs> Hopefully they're able to, to add that because – and we knew this was going to happen. But – what needs to shift now when we look at roster construction for years, they had the the cheap quarterback on a cheap deal and the playmakers on cheap deals, rookie deals. Well, now those guys you're trying to keep, and I think they'll tag T you're going to try to pay chase. You obviously paid burrow. And so what needs to shift? Well, you need to get cheaper somewhere else. And I, I think they could maybe get cheaper at running back as time goes on. Certainly. But the other spot that costs a lot right now is how much money you're investing in the offensive line. It's why I don't think there's a realistic path for them to pay Jonah what he's going to command on the market because he's going to get more than Orlando Brown Jr. I would be surprised if he didn't. I kind of expect him to at this point. And he got four years, 64. You're not doing that for Jonah Williams. Let's just say it's four years, 64 million. I don't think the Bengals would do that for Jonah Williams. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But it's... uh. It's one of those things now where they have to hit in the draft or find a free agent steal, which is really hard to do in the offensive line room. You can do it, right? You just mentioned Shaq Mason. You can do it, but you need to uh, be able to identify and, and look uh, in the right spots. And, and honestly, you're going to have to start drafting linemen better because that's where they've, they've struggled. So let's continue this conversation as uh, we roll on here coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is America's number one sports book, and yes, the Bills-Steelers game got delayed. Maybe you think that the Bills are going to cruise on Monday. Well, get the FanDuel right now because FanDuel is giving new customers $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, guaranteed. All you have to do is place a $5 bet. And of course, it doesn't have to be NFL. It can be NBA. You could be... Looking ahead to the red season after all the moves they made, well, FanDuel is the place for you with same-game parlays. They have a parlay hub, so you can find the best and most popular parlays that other people are looking at. And all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on and get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you pay, place a $5 bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse 
with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. You know what's kind of crazy about the Bengals spending on the offensive line you mentioned, James? Mm -hmm. In 2023, they're spending $45 million on the offensive line, according to Over the Cap, which ranked sixth in the NFL. In 2024, they're spending only $4 million less on the offensive line, according to Over the Cap. And that number drops from sixth in the NFL to like 20th, give or take. Wow. Teams next wow. year, there's, I guess what this tells us is there's a ton of inflation due for a lot of teams in the NFL next year. $45 million next year is only 15th or so. And that's the uh, Detroit Lions. So some crazy uh, inflation coming on the offensive line, apparently, around the league in 2024, at least right now, until maybe some yeah. contracts are restructured and we'll see what happens. We'll look at this chart in a couple of months after free agency dust settles and we'll see where where some of these numbers are but the question to finish up the show and we can expand outside of these three areas but matthew repka perhaps influenced by your affinity for skill positions james m repka seven on twitter of these three areas mm-hmm. how soon do you see each getting addressed if at all this offseason from soonest to latest or we could even say from most pressing priorities to whenever you can get it done let's figure something out here so he he lists these three interior defensive line running back tight end and if you have things to add to this group that you think are more pressing than any of those three feel free to jump in with those well right tackle will be if they don't keep jonah that's that's their biggest need if they don't um but interior defensive line is too and i think these are both examples of areas where you should and probably will have to sign a veteran and also draft a guy relatively early. Now, maybe not. Maybe the draft breaks one way and you you don't take an interior defensive lineman until round four. That's why you have to do what? Sign him in free agency too and make sure that you have some guys uh, alongside B.J. Hill. Obviously, D.J. Reader's a free agent, Josh Chupo, a bunch of guys like that. Um, but I, I would put tackle ahead of that. But of those three, let, let's – Let's rank them. Um, to me, interior defensive line, easily one. Second is probably tight end. And actually not probably. They have no one in that room. Nobody. Yeah. That's <laughs> there's there's no one. They they uh and that that'll change. I think they'll probably keep Drew Sample. I think they'll probably keep Tanner Hudson or try to. I'm not sure anyone's going to as Solid as they were at times this year. I'm not sure anyone's going to blow their, their doors down. I think they'll be open to Mitch Wilcox, uh, potentially. But they obviously have to address that room. Mm-hmm. And then third is running back. I think running back is in the mix. I will put wide receiver ahead of running back. But that doesn't mean that you don't switch up what you're doing at running back right now. And and I certainly think they need to add to that room. It's just not as high of a priority as it is figuring out what you're doing at wide receiver and that obviously starts with T Higgins and whether or not you can extend him. If you extend T, then it's not. Yeah. Th- then I think you're fine. You know, if if the the right receivers there and they're in a on day three, you're open to it, but you don't have to. So 
that's where I'm at. Where, where are you at in this? Easily interior defensive line first. And then there's a massive gap to me. Sure. Sure. But because of priority or because of position value? Is that what you mean? Because, because it's, it's such a clear flaw in the team. And so it's not even just interior defensive line. They need Miles Murphy to get better or Joseph Osai needs to play more or Cam Sample needs to be a better pass rusher too. They need interior, to, they, they, need, they need pieces around Trey Henderson to get after the passer. They need pieces that aren't DJ Reader who can defend the run consistently. I know Sam Hubbard had the injury this year, but I don't think that objectively, it's hard to say that they really got their money's worth. Out of, out of Sam Hubbard this year. And I know he's playing through an injury, and that could be totally moot, just to be clear. Like Sam Hubbard next year, assuming he's back on the same deal, could be totally fine, return to form, not playing through an ankle sprain all year. We know he has to have surgery this offseason. So interior defensive line, though, a clear flaw on this team that makes the linebackers worse, that makes the edge guys worse, that makes the entire unit worse when DJ Reader wasn't on the field. And the depth, just not good enough. I think BJ Hill's playing too much. Even though I, I like BJ Hill, I think he's playing too much and behind him. Zach Carter, unfortunately, did not take a step this year. Josh Jupo, free agent. Jay Tufele, free agent. Neither of those guys are really moving the needle anyway. You get more disruptive. You get better on the interior defensive line. You get better in the trenches in general. And it gives your defense so much more life. And it gives them so much more of a chance in the secondary where I think you know, a corner could be something like we, we, we talked about this a lot. It's not a pressing need per se, but adding a veteran corner is something we expect them to do. But as far as these three areas, interior defensive line, for sure, I would honestly put. You mentioned right tackle. I, I think right tackle needs to come second. And so then offensive line goes second. It's not on the list, but right tackle, very important. You mentioned that, too. I would personally be looking for upgrades elsewhere on the interior if it, it's possible if it makes sense where where though you Left mentioned up. ted <clears throat> okay so one spot or, or ted can move to guard again i know they would never do this so it's kind of pointless to even bring it up but he's played a lot of guard in his career if there is a center but i don't think there is this year but it's, it's yeah it's left guard right tackle are the two that i would think about and right tackle they have nothing so obviously right yeah I, by the way, I'm I was on draft Tyler Linderbaum, you know. Yeah, talk about totally. that, <laughs> you know. So and, and he didn't make it there, but I get it. I get the logic yeah. for sure. Uh, then it would be tight end. I'm assuming T's back in this. Otherwise, I think wide receivers earlier. But you look at and, and let's say T. Let's say T leaves in free agency. I don't well, think then, it'll happen. Where would you put receiver? It depends on where they want to go because. I tweeted this yesterday, sort of tongue-in-cheek, but you know the whole tired, wired, inspired meme? Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is? Yeah. Tired, best three wide receivers in the NFL. Inspired, best three tight ends in the NFL. Hmm? <laughs> Go 13. Per and this is because Max Toscano, who's been on the show before, uh, was talking about how much 13 personnel was used to generate mismatches and just and offensive positive plays in, in the Titans, or not in the Titans, in the Browns-Texans game. Just a lot of tight ends making plays in that game, including Brevin Jordan, uh, David Njoku. And, and, you know, you get really good at tight end. You have Jamar Chase and a couple stud tight ends. You go a bunch of 13 personnel. It's very different, but you can still pass the ball. It's not to get away from passing the ball. It's to generate mismatches by having really good tight ends. So I think that would be really interesting. If they only had Jamar, 
at wide receiver. Jamar and and Chuck Sizzle and Yoshi. Do you go back to investing a wide receiver? You probably want a second guy. Or do you do you take a take an opportunity to kind of shift? And I don't think the draft is really there for it. This isn't the year to do it. It was last year with free agency and the draft both being strong. But if last year they go sign one of these tight ends and then they draft, you know, a Kincaid and, and they're the ones that make the trade up and they're aggressive and go sure. get the guy, sure. then you can have this kind of shift in your offense, right? Yeah, like if, if Laporta and Dalton Schultz were Bengals. Something like well, that. Then, sh- yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I I agree. It doesn't line up. I'm just looking free agent tight end wise. And there are some good free agents. But yeah. like Hunter Henry, Schultz, Everett, Gesicki, I assume yeah. they don't get Bowers. Like the whole plan would have to revolve around Bowers if, if they sure. wanted to do that. And they would have to be yeah. very aggressive in going to get him, right? And that doesn't seem like something they would do. So given what we know about them, and the way they like wide receivers, they like spreading it out and all this stuff. I I think that I think Max has a point. Max Toscano has a point about like personnel versatility, more 12, more 13, more tight ends on the field at times because of the mass the mismatches it generates. And it's not like Houston doesn't have receivers. We just talked about how Tank Dell and Nico Collins are really good, but they got a lot of plays out of 13 personnel against the Browns. And so well, I the, think the, it's a an avenue to explore. I agree, and I also think that the the Tank Dell thing they they were never taking Tank Dell. Yeah, it would be nice if you had like good tight end and you just had an explosive little wide receiver. It's okay if he's little; like he doesn't need to be. Of course, yeah. T will be here. They'll tag him. So it, yeah, it, it kind of is a uh, a moo point, like a cow's opinion. We'll see mm-hmm. who gets that reference. Yep. Um, maybe you do, but yeah, I think uh, it's an interesting. Theory. Man, if they could only have, have gotten Kincaid last year. Kincaid was really good. Laporta overshadowed him because he was like historically good. Don Kincaid was really good this year for both. He was really good. And it would be a different conversation, probably because of where they are talking about, you know, a transition to a bunch of tight end stuff would be really hard this offseason. But I do think that we even saw them do it more down the stretch with the way they used Drew Sample and Tanner Hudson and, you know, kept Drew Sample on the field in the backfield and had Tanner Hudson on the line of scrimmage on, on third downs and in those packages and stuff. But also would like to see a running back who can block and catch and run. Antonio Gibson's the guy talked about this before he started recording that keeps coming to mind for me that shouldn't break the bank and could do some of those things. Anyway, plenty of time to continue to talk about these. Topics. There are a lot of running backs that we could talk about on a, on a later show. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow where you get your podcasts, off-season content. Inject it into your veins. There's We're so many positions you. to talk about. So many free agents to get through. And we will do that in various ways, shapes, and forms this off-season on Lockdown Bengals. Until next time, hope you're enjoying the first round of the playoffs or your Monday. Who day? And have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.